This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Own your own authenticity. Welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host, and today I'm here with my guest, Megan. I am excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I guess I'll just jump in and tell you kind of how I got to where I am today. I've never been on a crime podcast, so this is a first, but I'm really excited about it because, you know, who doesn't love true crime? But <laughs> my my journey into life was a little rocky at first. I um, was born into a family that created a lot of wounds, a lot of emotional wounds, especially. um, And those kind of created this fake identity that I became for most of my life until my 30s. And I think that the trauma that I went through, um, the the lessons that I was meant to learn throughout that journey really led me on the path that I'm, that I'm on now. And so growing up, I was the daughter of two alcoholics, two addicts, and they both had their own, they both had their own shit. They both had their own trauma. They both had their own wounds. And some of those were very severe and they carried over into their parenting. They carried over into their lives, the way that they lived. And because of those wounds, they then were passed on to me. I inherited the same wounds that they did based not only through our DNA, uh, because we are connected to our ancestors and to our parents and our grandparents through our DNA. We're connected to their trauma that way, but also the way that I was taught. And so I learned very young that I really didn't matter. I learned that I wasn't important. I learned that my voice should be quiet and not heard. I learned that in order to feel loved, in order to feel liked and accepted, I needed to be perfect. I learned to um, adopt to my surroundings so that I could fit in. And all of this was because I had all these fears from childhood from growing up in a neglectful household that I wasn't good enough. It all starts with those root fears that are programmed into us in childhood. Um, They look different for everyone, but it's always a fear of something. And most of them are fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of failing. Um, You name the fear, and I had it (laughs) based on how I was raised. And so there are other elements to that other than just my parents and their, you know, their lives that they went through. My mom, she was put up for for foster care at seven. She lost her mother for many years. Her mother did get her out of foster care. So my my mom, she experienced sexual abuse um, from multiple partners throughout her life. And then she had this 
uh, deep wound that I noticed in her of rejection. She wanted so badly to to feel loved and to feel wanted. And she had the same wound that I had that she passed on to me. And I just carried this around like, you know, just normal being so unaware that you're really acting out of fear in every aspect of your life, not knowing that you're always in a fight or flight response because your nervous system is constantly responding to the fears and the trauma that were programmed in you. I was just operating how I thought I needed to survive. And so I did that my entire life until in my thirties, I had that, um, I just had this moment. I like to call it my dark night of the soul or my spiritual depression where I got really low. I, I got really low. I was the worst version of myself. I wasn't trusting myself. I wasn't doing what felt good to me. I was creating toxic relationships and just drinking myself into a stupor and partying and just trying to numb, really trying to numb and escape. And I got to a point where that wasn't working anymore. And I was tired of running. I was tired of not knowing who I am and and not trusting myself. And that's when that I like to just call it like a little light, a little light of awareness turned on. And I was able to hear that. I, I like to call it our conscience, our conscience. I was able to hear that voice again that was telling me to do the right things, telling me to do the things that, yeah, they're going to be hard. It's going to be hard to face some of the the things that you've experienced and some of the things that you've dealt with. But what other choice do you have? Do you want to live your life like this? Because either way, it looks like you're miserable. How about let's give something else a shot? <laughs> and so I just kind of from there, um, really looking at those those wounds, really looking at those pieces of myself that made me who I am, but aren't correct for me anymore. They're not my beliefs. They're someone else's. They're they're not real. They're they're falsified. They're just programmed. And I started looking at those for what they really were and pulling those pieces out. And not long after that, I reconnected to more of my spiritual side, my intuition, and um, started connecting to my spirit team, to my spirit guides. I started doing a lot of energetic healing, different modalities like Reiki. And I started working with the ancestors to kind of clean up that ancestral um DNA line that we have that's full of all of that programming, not just from my life, but from their lives as well. And I wanted to share that with other people. So I created a pod- my podcast, Chasing Spirituality, where I shared all of these things, all of these aha moments that I had about my own trauma and my own healing and what worked for me. And as I did that, I started really just feeling whole again, feeling like I could be myself, that I deserve love, that I am worthy of the things that I want. And it really was just a massive self-transformation. It's like, I like to think of it as that caterpillar into the butterfly moment where in the cocoon, you've got all of these things on you, all of these things connected to you and weighing you down. But when you're able to just fight through it, you're able to to fly away and become a new person. And that's what really shaped me to my practice today, which is just helping others in the same, in the, going through the same thing. Exactly. That's exactly the same thing here. 
You know, like people have to realize that these are all connected. All this is connected. Your mental health, trauma, crime, like all of it. Because hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you took on the role because that's what you saw growing up. You know, what did your parents do? They drank to relieve the pain. So, like, you know, you do what you are taught or what you see. Yeah. Well, good for you for getting yourself out of it. It's a long ass journey, but it's so worth it. (laughs) Right. Right. I wish I would have known that I was the creator of most of my misery a lot sooner. (laughs) Right. Like once you learn that, like you're the one doing this to yourself, you're like, wow, because you want to blame everybody else. You know, it's the blame game everywhere. And people have something to contribute to it. But they're not the ones that keep you in that prison. Keep yourself there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that we can really see huge changes in ourselves, in our personality, when we step out of that victim mentality. And I don't want to discredit you being able to experience being a victim because that's important, too. You know, it's important to let yourself really acknowledge what happened to you and the the magnitude of that pain. But we can't live there. We can't stay there forever. At some point, we become responsible of our actions and what we do with that pain. Sometimes it just takes us longer to get there, to be willing to to see it for for what it is and own responsibility for that. Oh, right. And then once you identify it, you you start to identify other little things along the way. And it's just, it's about self-discovery. And like this journey, it's never going to end. I'll be doing it. You'll be doing it for like 80, 90 years old. But it's such a journey to take because you you get your life back. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You really do. And it's, it's helped me so much to... To really understand that I am in control of my actions, of my thoughts, and what I do at every given moment. I am the one that is in control of that. But I cannot control anyone else. That I can't control their actions, wishes, wants, but I can control mine. So when I really look at um, when something comes up that does trigger me or when I notice a pattern or I notice something that isn't how I want to feel, I acknowledge it and I'm and I take responsibility for that feeling because when you take ownership of how you're feeling, it gives you the opportunity to change it. If we're not responsible for it, we think that we're powerless. We think that we don't have control to change it. But when you take responsibility, all of that shifts and it's like, okay, well what can we do now so that I can work through it, I can work through the pain, I can heal or whatever that looks like. Right. A lot of people, that's the hard part. They don't want to look. They don't They don't want to deal with it. But if not, I mean, you can think, oh, I let that go. I let that go. Well, you think you did, but your body holds on to the trauma and other parts of you. And so it'll go away for a little while, but it's going to pop its ugly head up again at some point in time if you don't deal with it. For sure. I tell clients all the time that if 
we didn't have any more lessons to learn, if we didn't have anything else to heal, we wouldn't be here. I truly believe that we are having a human experience because we are meant to learn something. There's something about this incarnation that we're meant to experience so that we can grow and we can learn as a soul. And if we didn't have anything else to learn and grow from, we wouldn't we wouldn't be having the experience. And so you might be really far on certain lessons and certain things in your life. But other things may keep resurfacing. You may have to go back to them. And that's that's part of the beauty. That's part of the growth. There's many, many, many lessons that I just toggle back and forth with. You know, I, I do believe that my my self-worth, my self-confidence, my self-love, I do believe that those lessons are linked to so many parts of who I am that they will constantly resurface as I heal and as I as I do become more authentic. Yeah. And me doing the podcast ever since I kind of flipped it to doing this, I've learned so much about myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, that or that's why I don't do that. Or, you know, and I'm like, damn, like I'm educating the people, but also myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I do the same with my podcast. You know, when I have guests on, or I'm trying to find more about a topic that maybe a listener suggested or something. I, I learn something every time. It's, um, podcasting is, is such a beautiful way. I feel like to kind of step out of your comfort zone a little bit and get a more familiar. <laughs> maybe a lot of it, especially in the beginning. <laughs> I had some huge blocks there. I go back and I listen to my older episodes and I just constantly send myself love and grace. I'm like, Oh, girl, you were you were so scared in that episode. I could feel it. I could just feel how scared you were. But it's okay. It's okay. You got through it, and here we are. <laughs> right? I know. I if I go back and listen to some, I will cringe. Like, oh my god, you published this? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing, and I try not to. I try not to cringe. I try to look at it as a form of growth. I'm like, wow, look at how much we've grown. <laughs> That's right. You got to flip the switch sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, yes. But it's all worth it. Really is. It, it is. I think that anytime we do anything that makes us feel uncomfortable, it's for our highest good. Because there's a reason why it makes you uncomfortable. Let's become aware of why you're uncomfortable. And, yeah, you, you'll figure it out. You always will. But you've got to confront it. Right. I like the saying, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that phrase. It's one of my favorites. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. That's the only way to heal and to really get to know yourself. Hey, everyone, this is Matt, the Triple T podcast host. What does Triple T stand for? TikTok Tuesday, a show where viewers submit TikTok videos and we play and react to them. The co host Toby, Eubin, and Richie, you never know what's going to come out of our mouths. We're live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Beard Laws YouTube. Let us rebuild your For You page with the best TikTok videos and be a part of the show by sending in your videos. So you have clients and you practice the Reiki. Yes. So when I started to do my own healing, I did a lot of shadow work, inner child work, things like that to kind of 
bring up some of those memories and those past experiences so that I could really look at them and confront them and see like what's going on and release it. And Reiki, Reiki works with releasing as well, but it's um, from your energetic field. So it's more releasing things from your body, but the energetic frequency of it. From this perspective, it's really in line with more Eastern medicine. Uh, so like it's in line with like the chakra system and the chakras, how they are connected to um, their energy centers that are connected to different parts of our body, but they're also linked to emotions and to really our entire nervous system. And so I started looking into that on a more spiritual level and, you know, thinking if I can release all of these blockages mentally um, and emotionally, I should also release anything energetically that is also linked to me. So I went and I had a Reiki session done and this Reiki session, it blew my mind. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know. I thought that it might, you know, I did some research. So, I mean, I thought I might feel warm or tingly, but I, I just, it was, it was profound. The the practitioner um, just made me feel so supported. I felt um, calm and comfortable and she was scanning down my chakras and she was telling me things about myself that really made sense, um, that really connected to me. She was, as she was kind of releasing and pulling that energy out, she was sharing things about my past that, um, that I could tell she was also removing from me, cleansing it from, from me. And it was at that moment that I realized I definitely wanted to be attuned to this magic. Like I, I have to do this for people. So I decided to get um, attuned in Reiki, which is how you can start practicing it yourself, practicing it on yourself and others. And so I went through um, those trainings to do, I got my Reiki level one and two. There are three levels in the traditional Azui Reiki, which is what I have. And I do offer that for clients. Um, it's often I, I get some clients that want just Reiki just to help them as they're working through trauma, as they're talking to a therapist or they're going to talk therapy. It's just really good to kind of help you keep you cleansed and feeling good and feeling balanced. But most often I actually use Reiki um, when I do my one on one with clients where it's usually it's a psychic session where we kind of go in, we look at their energy, what's going on with them and what they can do to help continue moving forward, working through their traumas, working through any blocks or limiting beliefs that they're going through. And I, I usually send Reiki as we talk through it and as I kind of guide them on how they can heal, heal themselves on their next, the next part of their, their journey. So do you have to be in person? For this? You do not have to be in person. Um, they are, you can get Reiki in person, but you can also get Reiki. Um, it's, it's, uh, I like to think of it as kind of like being on the phone. You can still hear my voice. We can still connect. So it's the same with energy is not contained by space. So it can travel anywhere. I don't even really have to be face to face or talking to you at all to send you Reiki. I can send anybody Reiki at any time, but I do feel that clients, they feel the benefits more, but if they have some kind of connection, it just, I think it's my kind of one of those mind 
over matter things. I think their mind just lets has that connection. So it's like, yeah, it's going to be stronger. But I haven't experienced that there's actually been a difference between me being there or them being there or us talking. Gotcha. I always wondered about that because it's like, I feel like you'd have to be like right up close and like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think are kind of skeptical about doing um, Reiki virtually versus in person. But I really think it's just kind of their their preference. If you feel like your mind is going to tell you you need to be in person, then there's probably a little subconscious belief in there that's going to make that more true for you, if that makes sense. But I've had I've had Reiki virtually and um, in person as well. And I like both. I, I felt effects from both for sure. Very cool. Yeah. Do you do any other kind of healing things with your clients or is that pretty much your your go-to? Uh, my go-to for, I guess, more of like the healing perspective um, is Reiki. But my favorite form of healing really is the the talking. I really feel like we can hit some big breakthroughs when we can kind of talk out stuff. So I call that my channeled coaching. It's like one-on-one sessions and they're scheduled mainly however the client prefers. It's not normally weekly. That's a little bit too much, but maybe monthly or quarterly, but it's just to give them a chance to talk about everything they've been feeling, everything they've been experiencing, everything that's been going on. And then I just tune into them energetically and tell them what I'm feeling is beneath that, like what they're really working through or what's causing that block or what's causing that to come up for them or where they're really needing to focus their energy. That's probably my favorite form of healing because it, I feel like it empowers them on what, what do I do next? It kind of gives them homework to like, this is what I can do to really, to really work through that thing that I've been working through. But that and Reiki are are the main forms of healing that I do. There's some like meditations and things like that that I found are very, very healing for sure that I, I do as well. But yeah, that's probably my two number one things connected to the, the healing aspect. Well, that's cool. Hey, so I think you would be a great addition if you'd be interested. I try, um, I started a nonprofit called The Crime Connection, mm-hmm. and it's about pretty much what I said about, you know, the connection between people who are hurt and hurt others. And it's, so I would pay for their first session to see you. And then if, you know, you guys are good and everything, then they would take over and start paying you on their own. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just got approved for my 501c3. So I'm excited. And that is amazing. I'm so excited. And I did it by myself. That was like the big thing. Like I started crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was especially, just so proud. Especially like there's a lot of resources and tools out there that trauma survivors don't know about. And so what you're doing is interviewing all these other people and talking about their experiences, but also you know, what's helped them through it and what tools they use and how they're still working through it. I feel like that is one of the most helpful things that we can do is share. And it 
such a sensitive area, you know, it's so you're, you have to be vulnerable to talk about this kind of stuff. And it's hard to be vulnerable. But when we are and you're giving people the space and the platform to be vulnerable and to talk about their experiences, I feel like that's the most healing thing for all of us is, is the sharing part. Absolutely, because not only are you shedding what's going on in you, but someone else is listening and being like, oh, my gosh, light bulb. Exactly. Exactly. There's that connection where, you know, you're like, wow, me, too. I've felt that way, too. I've seen that, too. I've I've experienced that, too. And you don't feel as isolated or as alone anymore, which is really what trauma convinces us of is that we're alone. Right. Well, cool. I'm putting the finishing touches on my forms because I want like everyone to tell me what their ideal client is because I want to make sure everybody is happy (laughs) and it works. So I'm excited. Yay. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let me know. Just keep me updated. That sounds great. Cool. Your podcast, Chasing Spirituality, are you on all the platforms? Yes. YouTube, all that good stuff? Yes, most of my episodes are on YouTube, but not a lot of the earlier episodes. I've recently started moving things onto YouTube as well. Um, so that's more of a work in progress as far as the older episodes go. But everything more current is, is on YouTube. Um, and then everything's on your, your main platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Audible. The main ones, it, it, sh- it should be on there. It's uh, Chasing Spirituality. It's growing. So that's exciting. It takes some time. It really does. Like this is not for someone who's ready to get rich like tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I feel like if if you still have a podcast, if you can make it through, you know, the the earlier stages, then you really have something special. Like you have something really special that you enjoy sharing, enjoy talking about because I get excited. I'm like, oh, and then I give it a lot of energy. And then I back off. And so when I kept my podcast going for for as long as I did, I was like, I must really, really like this. (laughs) So you're a medium, too. Yes. Yes. How did you come to find that out? (laughs) Who spooked the hell out of you? (laughs) So I guess it I, I decided that I was actually going to call myself a medium and I could own that title after Reiki. When I had the Reiki session, she kept bringing up death. She was like, "There's do you have a connection to like hospice or hospitals? Are you a nurse or have you thought about working in like the medical field or with the elderly? And I was like, no, definitely not. That is not me. Nope. And after the session, I went home and I started thinking about it and I started kind of meditating on it. And then randomly, my guides gave me the information that it was mediumship. They said, it's, it's not in the hospital, it's mediumship. And then I started reflecting back on basically my entire life. And I was like, yeah, it is mediumship. I've been connecting to spirits my entire life. I was just afraid to own it, afraid to admit it. I didn't have the 
confidence to call myself that. I didn't really believe that I could do something that cool, even though I love I love spooky stuff. I was a very spooky kid. And <laughs> at the, that moment, I decided to um, take some courses on mediumship. And I just randomly did it. I just ripped the Band-Aid off, jumped through that fear loop and and took the courses. And after that, it was it just everything clicked. It, it just happened. I realized, yeah, you're, you can do this. You're, you're you've been doing this. And I just kept receiving that um, self-validation that I that I needed to work through that that confidence to work through that that lack of confidence. And I just kept receiving validation from spirit that, hey, you're really doing this. You've got this. And so I kept doing it. That's cool. Yeah, it was a big, a big part of my journey where things really shifted for me as far as the work that I had been doing um, on my solar plexus around the self-worth and the fear of rejection and being authentic. That was kind of the final stage of pushing me through those through those fears because I was I was scared to do it. Mainly, I was afraid of messing up afraid of um of disappointing someone of not saying the right thing because that perfectionist you know mentality still lives in there but i just had to tell her no quiet quiet we're we're practicing here it's just like riding a bike we're gonna mess up and it's gonna be okay but we'll get through it (laughs) right i had a really bad fear of failure like i wouldn't even try things because I was just like so scared I was going to fail. And finally, I got to a point in my life and I'm like, by not even trying, you already failed. Like, why don't you give yourself the chance? Because even if you don't make it, you didn't fail. You learned something. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was a big thing that that I had to work through as well is that that fear of failure I had to keep telling myself that no one is perfect. We 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 tend to get that stuck in our head that everybody's got it figured out. Everybody knows what they're doing. They they're all perfect and and we suck. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I had to have a lot of talks with myself like, "No, they're just as scared as you are. They're just as messed up as you are. They're just hiding it." <laughs> and so that kind of that kind of helped a little bit, but it was still scary. I still had to push myself and and really test test those fears as they came up. But I noticed that every single time that I would, every time I would push myself to dive deeper into that fear, I would be rewarded. There would be some kind of experience that I would have that would help me heal more, would help me realize who I am. Um, there would be some kind of payoff for it. And I still struggle. You know, we all have fears. We're all we're all afraid of change. So I just try to be more aware of that now when it comes up is what am I afraid of and why? Like, what's the worst that could happen if I fail? It doesn't mean it's over. I can keep trying. Right. So when I first started my podcast, there was two of us doing it. And uh, by episode four, you know, we weren't living on like Hawaii. So she quit. And I never would have done this ever, ever in my life. It's all her idea. She did all the back end. 
So when she quit at episode four, I had no clue what I was doing. And I wanted to give up so many times. So many nights I sat here and just cried because I couldn't get an application to work or I couldn't, you know, just nothing would work right for me. Everything would go freaking left. And I kept saying, I swear to God, should like, please give me a sign. Should I keep doing this? And every time I got a fucking sign. Mm -hmm. So now episode 111 was done. (laughs) Crazy. Like Mm -hmm. what the hell? But it's great. Like I just, oh, you got to embrace it. You have to, because you don't know what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think that, it's really um, awesome that you that you listened, that you listened and that you trusted yourself, that you trusted your intuition and what you were being called to do, because it's it's easy to give up. It is. It, it's easy to give up, especially if you're thinking of yourself and the situation in a way that doesn't honor who you are and what you really want. And so, you know, props to you for for listening and sticking it out, even though. You were going through hell and it was super hard. <laughs> oh my God, so many nights. <laughs> People yeah. don't understand like how much comes into it, you know, because they hit play and that's, there you go. Mm-hmm. But there's some blood, sweat, and tears that go into these, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially the ones with like the, because you do a lot of interviews. So I would say my solo episodes. They're a little easier for me to do because it's just me. I'm the only one I have to worry about. I can record on whatever uh, device I want to record on. I can upload it whenever I want. I can edit it whenever I want. But when you're working with video, if you're doing like video episodes or you're working with other people and their time and the Internet connections and all that other crazy stuff, the editing that goes into it, it's a lot of work, a lot of work. And if you're already kind of nervous or scared or not sure about it, it's hard to push through. <laughs> no, it really is. Really is. But thank God every time I said, you know, give me a sign. Let me know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And every single time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like, you know, spirit will always give us signs and messages. If you're ever lost, if you're ever not sure. And, you know, this is not religious based. You know, you could use this for whatever you believe in. If you believe in spirit or angels or God or just some, you know, your higher self or the universe, whatever it is. Trust that if you need help, if you need guidance, if you need direction and you want a sign, they will send you one. I've never not received a sign. It may not be the sign I was looking for or the sign that I wanted, but I'll receive it. Yeah, that's my thing, learning patience, because I want what I want when I want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to learn the hard way. That's that's not real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not happy with it, I finally started to come to terms with it. And I know that eventually I will have it. It's just not when I'm asking for it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Patience is a big one for me, too. I'm constantly receiving lessons on patience. And I'm like... But come on. <laughs> gimme, gimme. <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, just thank you. 
thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about my journey and um, kind of how I got to where I'm at today and what I've gone through and healed and um, really what helped me go through my own um, journey of experiences on this on lo- in life. You know, I feel like that will hopefully inspire someone else to also own their own authenticity, own their own trauma, do the, their own work and realize that they're not alone. And um, I'm just happy I had the opportunity to share and to meet you. I'm really excited to meet you. Absolutely. I I love having you. Are you and your parents like a lot closer now? Do you feel? No. 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 <laughs> we, um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to to share that part of my journey with them because they both passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, my, my dad passed when I was young. He passed away when I was five. My mom passed away um, right after I turned uh, 18, after I gave birth to my first daughter. And so the journey with them now has been more through the mediumship side. So I've been able to use that to to connect to them and to work through some of the things that still come up that is connected to them. There you go. That's a way to go around it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot easier because then they can't argue. Oh, there you go. Well, I figured, I I mean, I don't know how all that stuff works. Obviously, I'm not gifted in that area. Wish I was, but I am not. But I would figure. I'm sure you are. Everyone is. So I'm sure you are. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel, I do feel like everyone is a medium though. Everyone, everyone is. So if like me, you have people on the other side that you feel like you need to contact or connect with to, to have that closure, to have those conversations, it's still possible. It's not going to be the same way you would expect it to be, obviously, if you could confront them face to face, but you know, your intention is what matters. And even though they're not here physically, they're still with you. Right. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciated this. Yeah, I did too. It was nice to meet you. Hopefully we'll stay in touch. They are. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciated this. Yeah, I did too. It was nice to meet you. Hopefully we'll stay in touch. Yay. If you know somebody who could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. I'm so honored that you guys are taking this journey with me. It's time that we take our lives back. All links are at the bottom of the show notes. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so at crimeovercocktails.com or thecrimeconnection.org. All right, you guys, we'll talk crime another time. Bye.